0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Comic Book Commute Podcast. I'm your host, V.M. Campos. So this is the podcast you listen to during your commute while I commute. So let's get started. It is 7.32 in the morning and I feel terrible. I'm not a morning person, and you'll probably hear me saying that a lot on this podcast if you listen to it throughout the years. Um, But anyway, we're not here to talk about my annoyances. We're here to talk about what I love, uh, my hobby, comic books. So today's topic, I'm going to focus on one particular comic book that has a place in my heart. Um, You probably started reading a certain comic and maybe you still do, it's your main comic and maybe you evolve from it and maybe you revisit it and all of that and for me I think that's that's the case so let me set the stage. It was the year nineteen hundred and ninety-three so over twenty years ago and I visited my first San Diego Comic-Con so I live here in San Diego, the Comic-Con's back in, in the Comic Con's in my backyard, basically. So um, my dad and my brother, and I think my two cousins, we went um, in the summer of 1993. My dad had told us previously in 1992, hey, there's this thing called Comic Con. Maybe we'll go next year. So we didn't go in 92, but we went in 93. Um, and it was definitely a different time. Lines were a lot shorter, and it was more about the comics rather than Hollywood. I honestly remember the biggest presence, um, Hollywood presence, at Comic-Con 93 were like little exhibits about uh, the, the movie Jason Goes to Hell. But it was still all about the comics. So we got our swag bags, and um, it was just amazing to get in, and it was like, you know, we rolled up on the last day. And we paid maybe twenty dollars each, uh, and then we got this bag of goodies. And one of the things, one of the things in the bag, there were two comics. One of them was Dark Horse Comics number, no, uh, Dark. I think it was Dark Horse Comic Con. Yeah, Dark Horse Comic Con comics number two. So there, were, so Dark Horse did sort of like a free comic book day thing. But they for, for Comic-Con exclusive, this is issue number two. So again, I had missed issue number one from the previous year. But issue number two was cool because it had the first appearance of Hellboy. So I've got a couple of copies of those still ex- extant because from my brother, who also went. But the other one, the other comic that I got was the was the Lobo... Comic Con, no, the logo. Comic, uh, the logo. The Lobo Convention Special. So Lobo is a comic book from DC Comics, starring Lobo, the Last Zarnian, is a very cool, very weird anti-hero that was from the research I was doing last night. was Was created in 19. 19- um, and uh, by Keith Giffen and I believe his name was Robert Sliefer or Slifer. and basically he's an anti-hero so this was 1993 he had actually been out uh, well uh, 10 years now if, if you really go back to his origins but he had had his own series of, of books uh, in the early 90s but anyway a little bit about Lobo. he's got various names he's the main man Uh, He's the last Zarnian. I think one of his names is also He Who Devours Your Entrails and Thoroughly Enjoys It. So, he's a super-powered, basically indestructible, badass character. He's like a biker in space, literally. He has a space chopper. So a motorcycle, a badass motorcycle that he can go through space with. He doesn't need any environmental suit or oxygen. He's that tough. Um, He's invulnerable. So shoot him in the head point blank, no problem. He's got this healing factor that'll bring him back. I believe even as far back as like uh, if you cut his head off and all of that. So super strength. He can battle Superman, no problem. And, and make it a draw. Of course, it's got to be a draw because you know everyone loves Superman. You can't kill Superman, although they did. And uh, he can—he's battled Superman before to a standstill. And okay, that's good enough for an anti-hero. You never want the the bad guy to win. Uh, but he's an anti-hero, so you still root for him. And what other powers he uh, he has? Oh, uh, from what I read, he's—it doesn't come up that much, but he's got genius-level intelligence even though, like I said, it doesn't come up that much, although it does come up very importantly in his origin, which which I'll get to in a moment, but physically his appearance is like a big, burly, depending on who's drawing him, of course, but a big, burly, muscular, like, chalk-white-skinned, uh, seven-foot guy or something with red eyes and, a, uh, and like a chain around his arm that he's always got and, a classic uh, black leather jacket and jeans and so forth so really tough badass kind of guy so briefly his origin is that he's from the planet Zarnia where I guess they're all kind of tough like him but everyone's peaceful super super peaceful that planet was was a utopia and apparently uh, because of all of the peacefulness that has happened for millennia all of the negativity was was dormant and it culminated in one child being born one year, Lobo, who, after being born, promptly kill everyone, killed everyone in the delivery room. Uh, maybe his mom, too, I'm not sure. Um, and then he grew up, he was a bad kid, of course, and eventually used that genius-level intelligence to create a super virus that killed everyone on the planet of Zarnia, except for him so that he can have the distinction of being the last Zarnian. So Lobo, the comic, the character, um, oscillates between farce, over-the-top, funny, and pretty dark. Because again, his origin is he killed his whole planet just so that he could be the last Zarnian. He's got this pet bulldog that's with him, through his travels oh and what he does is he is a he's a mercenary slash bounty hunter one of his powers is his super sense of smell so somehow he can track if he locks onto your scent he'll find you go to another galaxy he'll find you Uh, he'll track you down and the main man's word is his bond so if he takes on the mission you're gonna get found and if the mission is dead or alive, well, it's just easier dead. So he'll find you. Um, so, I didn't know any of that, of course, when I got my swag bag at Comic-Con 93. And it had the Lobo convention special. It was 22 pages of pure comedy and over-the-top violence most of Lobo's books have suggested for mature readers emblazoned on them because, yeah, it can be pretty violent but it's a cartoony, over-the-top violence most of the time that is harmless and it's got comedy and, um... it's pretty fun so this one had Lobo traveling I don't remember the specifics I should have looked it up before I got on the road But it had Lobo visiting San Diego to attend the San Diego Comic-Con 1993, so that was cool because it was like, here I am at the San Diego Convention Center, and look at that, the San Diego Convention Center is on page six, and it's so lovingly drawn. Uh, Art by Kev O'Neill, and uh, I don't remember the, the writer, but probably Alan Grant. Um... So, on a side note, it's super foggy right now, it looks really cool, but it's kind of dangerous. So, um, foggy San Diego is really nice to look at, doesn't happen that often. So anyway, um, I got the book, I probably read a little bit of it when I got it at that moment, and then I was there all day at Comic-Con, and then I went home, and I started to pore over everything that they gave me, and then I started to read that, and it was like, so funny, look at this! He punched a hole through his face, or, oh, that fanboy, he stuffed him in a toilet! And, um... The... I don't remember the plot or the goal of him being at the convention. I think he was looking for a certain book. Um he was bounty hunting a certain book and then he was just seeing the wonder that was comic-con and it's like i said in the beginning of 20 years ago more 30 years ago 40 years ago it was about the comics and so the lobo is seeing you know the stereotypical nerdy geeky uh comic goer and and um At that time, of course, it was very, very lowly attended by by women. So, I don't even think there were really any women in the comic. But it was so hilarious. And I'm like, wow, is there more of this? Where can I see more of this? So, by 1993, actually, my main comic book collecting had waned. I started collecting in 1987 and between 87 and 91 or 92 or so... I was really into um, collecting specifically comic, uh, sorry, uh, Spider-Man. I was reading Spider-Man books. So I was there throughout the glory days, the McFarlane glory days and the 25th and the 30th anniversary of Spider-Man and Venom and Carnage and all of that. So classic stuff of the early 90s. But I don't know, things had changed and uh, the books had gone up to one dollar in price and uh i don't know i just didn't really collect them like i used to and then i went to the convention and i got the dark horse book and lobo and Logo, uh, lobo really re opened my my passion or my interest in comics so i started to collect lobo i don't remember what well the thing about lobo is he was often okay. He came out in Omega Men number three, which years later I tracked down and bought, probably between six and eight dollars. And uh, it's not worth a whole lot, but it's cool, sentimental to see the first appearance of Lobo, which he's totally different. He he's not the badass biker character. He was uh, a bit effeminate, and his appearance was different because his hair was purple rather than the black that it is now, and it was in his uh defined and he was muscular and so forth, but he and he was kinda badass because he did uh he did actually kill a guy on that issue of Omega Man by, by doing a simple little finger flick to the guy's head and his brains flew out through the other side of course. So he had his superpowers and so forth at the beginning and he was bounty hunting still, but he was definitely a villain character and he was trying to capture some some character from Omega Man. I never really read the issues, I don't really know about it. But that was in 83, and from my research, he appeared a few more times in Omega Man. And then later on, he appeared in a series called uh, Legion. Um, and then also in another series called Rebel, no, Rebels, and Showcase. Um, but he did get his own starring book in about 1990, uh, I believe simply called Lobo with uh, covers by uh, Simon Bisley. Amazing, amazing painted covers. And he did the interior art too, and he really, I think by that time, defined Lobo as this anti-hero. And visually gave him the the look of intergalactic space biker. That was a four-issue limited series where he had to uh, safely transport, actually... He, uh, we find out that Lobo was not the last Zarnian, Even though for the last, I don't know, seven years, he, in publication, he he thought he was. There was actually his, I believe it was his old high school teacher or elementary school teacher. She was also, she had also lived. And he was contracted by Legion, I guess. And this other character, Vril Dax. Vril Dax. Um, who was sort of Lobo's nemesis and boss and stuff during his time in Legion. And he wanted Lobo to transport um, Granny, I don't remember her name, from one place through another and keep her safe. And uh, she's super annoying, so she doesn't want to go, so she runs away or whatever. And Lobo's solution to stop her from running away is to cut her legs off. Well, no problem. She's also a Zarnian, so she's got healing powers. But since she's really, really old, they heal really, really slow. So through, like, issues two through four, she's got, like, no legs. And uh, Lobo needs to take her from one location to another. And you can read it on your own. And hilarity and violence ensues. So that was that issue. That was that series. And there were several sort of, like, uh, limited... Limits, limited series, four issues or so, sometimes one issue of just different things going on. Uh, what else? There was eventually Lobo Infanticide, where Lobo had a power that was eventually nullified by Vril Docs. Where he was invulnerable, but you spill one blood one drop of blood of lobo, and that basically made a fully formed clone, so you know you shoot Lobo, he bleeds, and that becomes another lobo and now you 've got two lobos to two lobos to contend with, and that one lobo, if Superman can barely handle one lobo, spill some of his blood and you 've got two or three to handle so Lobo infanticide had to do with um, well, Lobo loves the ladies, and throughout the years, he's uh, hooked up with with various throughout the years, throughout the galaxies. And someone is recruiting all the bastard children that have that have strewn the galaxy in Lobo's wake. So someone is collecting them. And forming basically an army of of Lobos, of Lobo Juniors, male, female, etc. And they all have his powers to some degree. Invulnerability, genius level intelligence, super strength, and so forth. So the issue is basically Lobo's children coming to kill him because, you know, he's a bad dad. A negligent father. And, uh, that one was cool and funny and over the top. There was another one shot. This was the Lobo Paramilitary Xmas special. And basically, the Easter Bunny contracts. Well, the Easter Bunny and other fictional holiday uh, characters contract Lobo to take out Santa Claus. And, um,. He takes on the mission, and he's there trying to get Santa Claus, and finds out that actually Santa Claus is a badass that can handle a knife pretty well. So Lobo fights Santa Claus, and the contest is pretty close, kind of. And uh, that's just a one-shot. That one was pretty fun. So a variety of artists have worked on, on, on Lobo. Uh, Keith, uh, Keith Giffen created him, and he did uh, Infanticide, uh, for example, and by that time, Giffen was really into his uh, Byzantine art phase. Um, uh, just like over the top, really cool detail to his artwork, just on one sense really interesting to look at, and on another really hard to look at. Uh, if you ever read his comic *Trencher*, which there was only four, and it was uh, and it was an unfinished series, it's Giffen's work at at, at that time was very detailed and very just crazy. And he did Infanticide and uh, Biz did uh, like the paramilitary special, I believe, and uh, the, Lo- the original Lobo series. And then uh, later there was also uh, Lobo, an american Gladiator. And that was, if you remember, there was a show called American Gladiators where it was like an early sort of how would you describe it? It was a, sh- it was a, it was a challenge. It was like, it was like a grown-up double dare, uh, but it was like one-on-one challenges where, where a regular Joe and a regular Jane would battle the American gladiator, who were these like super-fit, tough um, people, to be like the American gladiator, the toughest of the tough. So this was Lobo un American gladiators where Lobo, for some reason, gets into a uh, contest, which, because it can, they can do it in comics, it's pretty violent, and he's, there's a prize or something, and he's in it for some reason, and mayhem ensues. That one was actually drawn by Mike Mignola, who created Hellboy, and uh, that one was cool. So there were a lot of one-shots here and there. There was Lobo Cop where Lobo is cybernetically resurrected to be a cyborg. Uh, that one was, I believe, Martin Emmond. I uh, haven't seen that much of him throughout the years, but his artwork is is very unique, very enjoyable. Um, eventually, Lobo got his own series. I guess in around 1993 or so, he demand for the character's exploits culminated in his own series which went on to about I think uh, 70 issues or so so from around 93 and it's still too early to do math but there's about 12 issues per year 70 divided by 12 let's see 70 divided by 10 is 7 okay let's say 70 let's say seven years or so 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 Lobo was on between um, so the, the his own Lobo series was from 93 to 98 to 99, 2000 or so, perhaps. And um, uh, the first issue also capitalized on the marketing trend of the 90s to have gimmick covers, which were some sort of enhancement in the cover, perhaps variations on the cover to sell more than one. And it worked, there was a lot of sales in the 90s, but uh, it created a speculators market which actually caused, thing, caused the market to crash. And if you didn't know, at that time, Marvel Comics, at the end of the 90s, actually filed for bankruptcy. Hard to believe now, with, with their amazing run of movies and, well, especially the movies, and merchandise. But uh, there were gimmick covers galore, and Lobo number 1 did not disappoint. It actually had a silver foil cover and what was funny was it had Lobo. It had a very low angle shot of Lobo. So from, you know, worm's eye level up to Lobo's crotch. And he was pointing in and he's saying, I got your fragging enhancement right here. And he's pointing to his zipper, uh, his crotch. So his zipper was silver foil. That reminds me about Lobo's colorful vernacular. He often used the terms like frag uh, because... Uh, to kind of get away from the censors and so forth. He used other things like Fetal's Giz and uh, what else? Those are the two that really stand out. But Lobo number one had that enhancement and it was basically the ongoing adventures of a bounty hunter and those around him. There became these two regular characters. I think his name was Al and it was Al's Diner. And then uh, the female character that um, worked there and his dog and just adventures and uh, some really good ones there were some few uh, multiple part ones where uh, like I said Lobo had the ability to make clones of himself so at a certain point a clone of Lobo <coughs> was out for revenge and uh, his powers were nullified and so forth so that went on for about 70 issues I stuck around for about 22 issues or so and, and again I kind of fell off comics so that was around 96 or something And the reason for that was because then I went off to college. I went off to UCSD. I lived in the dorms. And I kind of put comics away for a while. So then um, for a few years, I kind of maybe once in a while got something, got an issue or two, but didn't really collect anymore. But uh, Lobo, uh, I'm kind of getting back into um, maybe picking up some old issues because honestly, and I should give it a shot, but just from what I've seen, Lobo is back. He's in the New 52 But it's not the Lobo that I remember. He looks like a little pretty boy. And the art looks good, but it's like, this is not Lobo. He doesn't look badass. He doesn't look tough. He looks like something out of Twilight. And I'll possibly give it a shot. But I don't know. I just feel like this is not my Lobo. But I've completed my commute. I'm at work now. Time to get started. And it's time to wrap up the podcast. So... If you've ever um, read Lobo or are interested about it, uh, do so. He's a cool character. You'll probably find his issues over at your local comic shop in the dollar bins and so forth. Give it a shot. So this is VM Campos. See you next time, and drive safe.